0: Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them and they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. This is Jackie Scully, and I am introducing season three, kicking off this Sunday, August 20th. And I just have some intro message to share before we will start with our episode to kick off season three, which is with Cindy Cohn and Christine Jones also good friends of mine in uh, Cindy's more joy community. So it is a lovely episode filled with lots of joy. Great way to kick off the school year coming up. And for some that have already started, Uh first, I want to say welcome. I know this has been a long break. Uh, this has been a summer filled with so many adventures um, and new projects. So I mentioned at the end of season two, I was going to take a summer break from June 25th to August 20th for making some space and room uh, for the adventures and the project that I've been working on is in my book, which I'll talk about it in a little bit. So it has been quite an adventurous summer. I was on a spiritual retreat in June, right at the end of last season in California, And then I took a, uh, I was a chaperone on a big student trip to Europe, to Switzerland and Germany, where there was a focus on sustainability, and it ended with a conference in Berlin. And that's where we are seeing our students really flourish and grow and working in these groups on these wonderful sustainability projects with the goal to bring it back to our school this fall and work on their own project for our school and local communities. I'm very excited about that. And then I took my trip with my husband to Colorado. Uh, But with that, I've been working on my book. And thanks to both Cindy Cohn and her um, reference to a book coach, Brian Monahan, I've been working with Brian this summer to keep me on track to write this book, which I started at the end of June. And I am just about to finish it. I'm currently uh, working with a friend of mine who's going to be helping to edit the book And also uh, planning on uh, working with someone for the book cover and hoping to have that maybe published, have a launch by October. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, That is my goal. Uh, It's something that's very important to me. Um, So the book is called The Guided Teacher. And I have a tagline in mind, but I'm just going to keep that to uh, myself for right now because I'm kind of working on the language of that but The Guided Teacher is the name of the book. And it is a part, it's part of my journey um, as a person, a personal journey, and also uh, looking at myself as a student and then teacher uh, through various educational systems and looking at the whole educational system. And I end the book with a uh, my story today, where I'm at today, my spiritual growth, the ideas that I have about education reform and really transforming the whole education system. And a lot of this has to do with the people I've met on this podcast and um, a really big moral of a story that keeps coming up in my life, but a moral of this story is not just sharing teacher stories or people in education, but it's these connections and how we can grow in community and continue to give back to society. So I've been learning and growing as much as like my guests coming on and sharing their stories. And that's really kind of transformed the way I view school and education today. Um, Really kind of this emotional, powerful piece is I have a chapter on Hawaii called The Power of Aloha. And as that is like my early teaching and really transformative in my life. And I was writing this chapter, um, finishing it up on Wednesday, August 9th. And as I'm finishing it, I decided I wanted to write a love letter to Hawaii. So I finished the letter and as soon as I was done, you know, I was getting news on my phone um, talking about it with my husband about the fires in Maui and the Big Island. And I I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't believe I just was thinking about my time there and thinking about how much I love this place and wrote this love letter to Hawaii. And I'm gonna read it actually as a highlight what the story is about. But this moment of sitting in this energy of I just was kind of meditating and Almost praying for Hawaii before I knew what was going on and then found out what was going on and immediately was overwhelmed with emotion because of the devastation, particularly the town of Lahaina. Um, When I lived and taught in Hawaii, I was on the island of Oahu, but went to Maui many times with my family and with friends. I have a good friend who lives in Hawaii, um, on Maui, and luckily he's okay, his son's okay, Um, but... The devastation is, is terrible. So I will be um, plugging some links in the show notes for this first episode that will also include links for you, if you want to, to donate resources, money to Hawaii. Um, And there will be various ones that are all like credible organizations. And so this um, letter is in my book, in the chapter called Power of Aloha short um, but I just want to read it as just kind of this time to again pray for Hawaii and have this moment of um, real reflection and to highlight that this is a part also of my story of how much I love this place and feel very connected to it in my time that I taught there. Dear Hawaii, mahalo for your aloha, generosity, authenticity, challenge, adversity, spiritual growth, adventure, who I am and how I can be better. Your waves are rough and knocked me down quite a few times. I learned from each wave. I may not be able to surf in the ocean, but you have taught me how to surf in life. You've been taken advantage of by many people and you deserve peace. You are full of abundance and should be protected. You're one of the most beautiful places on earth I will share your spirit with everyone I meet. I hope others are kind to you. I hope one day you can be fully protected. You are a special land and a home to native Hawaiians who are filled with your mana. Even if I never come to your shores again, I will always keep you in my spirit. Keep sharing your aloha and we will send it out like ripples throughout the world. Mahalo Nui Loa, your sister, Jackie. And that's where I ended the chapter. Um, and then that news came through. So it, uh, it was very, very hard and very emotional. So I'm praying for Hawaii, praying for the people who live there. Um, let's continue to send out our love energy to Hawaii and all places around the world that are going through devastation. And we can send our energy We can also send whatever we can donate, money, resources. And I believe in community, we can rebuild, we can restore, and we can protect, and we can really honor the land and the people. So that is part of what I've been working on this summer. And I'm really excited to kick off this season three. And this is going to be really special because each season kind of has a new kind of theme. And this one isn't necessarily just like the ripple effect. I feel like isn't everything. That was kind of my theme of season two. But this is really thinking outside the box and innovation and so many different voices in this season from so many different angles of education. Um, It's definitely not going to be like the just traditional kind of classroom teacher, of people who either are out of the education system now or they're entrepreneurs and they really care about the education system and they want to do something different. Uh, there's a lot of inspirational stories. There's a lot of interviews where it's going to be more roundtable, where I have two people on, like this one, this first episode today will be Cindy Cohn and Christine Jones in the More Joy community. So this one's all about joy. How do we bring joy to the classroom we bring joy to our teachers and I thought this would be a great way to kick off season three so um I think this kind of vibe and theme of the season three is really positive uplifting forward thinking um and we're going to just keep pushing forward because that's what we do right uh, so I hope you enjoy it thank you for being a listener and a supporter and I also want to say that um This has been such a beautiful ride making this podcast and every single guest and every single person listening has been um, part of my whole growth experience and I've made lots of friends. So this has become much more than just a podcast, but it's become a community and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to keep going. So enjoy and here is to the episode of more joy with Cindy and Christine. Today, I have two teachers on and also really good friends, Cindy Cohen and Christine Jones. I'm so excited. We are part of the more joy community that Cindy created. And that's where I also met Christine. And so I think this is gonna be a really fun conversation. So thank you both for being here today.
1: Thank you, we're glad to be here. Yes, thank you for having us, Jackie.
0: Oh, this is so, this is already like filling me up with joy. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, So I want to ask you both and we can kind of go back and forth and then we'll get more into kind of conversational style, but they're um, a singular event, person, inspiration, or just something that you always felt called to. We can go to Cindy and then we'll go to Christine.
2: Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So my mother was first, a first grade teacher and then a guidance counselor. And so I grew up literally from the day I was born in a first grade classroom. And I was just like a teacher from the day I was born. You know, I was there 24-7 with her. I was at home grading papers at third grade. Like I literally lived education. And so it just became like Russian for me. And then I also got my master's in guidance counseling like she did. I, It's just funny sometimes how you follow in your footsteps of your parents.
0: And that's kind of what happened with me. Oh, I love that! Thank you. How about you, Christine?
1: Um, first of all, I was going to say that's pretty neat, Cindy. So I didn't know that about you. Um, I, I think it's neat when you start to following your your family's footsteps, your parents' footsteps, and then you get to see what it's like. And you probably had a really good idea what that felt like. Um, for me, I remember going to kindergarten, and my sister was little. Well, I'd like to teach her everything, so I would go and. Everything I learned for that day, I would then go and teach it to my sister. So I would sit her down at a table and I had a chalkboard and I would write stuff on the chalkboard. And if we had a cutting activity, I would teach her how to hold the scissors and how to cut. Um, So that started my love of teaching in kindergarten. And then, um, then I started to volunteer in a kindergarten classroom when I was in sixth grade. So uh, it was originally to, it it got cold outside. So we're like, gosh, what do you wanna do? Do Do you wanna go volunteer? So we're like, yeah, we'll go volunteer. I ended up loving kindergarten. And then we enjoyed it so much that we just kept on volunteering even when it was nice outside. My very first year at the end of the year, my students presented me with an embroidered shirt it had all of the children's names on it and the children stood around in a circle and they sang to me i love you you love me we're a happy family and i was crying cuz it was and the parents were there and you know it was just really loving afterwards they came over and they gave me a big hug so um to me we're talking about joy that represents joy and building a community You build a community, you have you have a lot of joy.
0: Oh my gosh, my heart. That just feels so good. You are probably like bursting with joy Uh and love and crying. Yes. Kids can give you so much joy and they they show so much appreciation, especially the little ones. I, you know, I had that experience as a camp counselor. I would have six-year-olds and they were so cute and they're just very giving and they love to give gifts. It's really, really sweet. Okay, the more joy queen, Cindy. (laughs) Um, any stories for your either time in schools or guidance counselor we just are learning about your your background in that or any experience with kids you want to talk about well I'll take it on a little bit of a turn that since you guys
2: don't know a lot about my education background so I was part of the first online high school ever in 2004 so I was a veteran virtual educator before it ever was become popular with the pandemic. So I um, really got my feet like wet early in that. And it's just really changed how I view education. Um, it was always when we, when I started at that time, it was so taboo to so many people and they just didn't believe in it and everything. And I've just watched the progression over time. And we gathered we need to remember that that what is right now won't always look that way and it will it will transform so we have to i think look at like look how that happened like people never even would think of putting their kid online that you know it was a very big deal and it was mostly people that couldn't attend a traditional school for sports or a medical problem or things like that and it's evolved so much into the whole universities and doctorates and every space So I love education in every form, but I also really love non-traditional education. To be honest, I see the value that you can get in the ways of the world that isn't taught in schools, which need to be taught in schools. And I've always been an advocate of them um, teaching really life skills, things that are super important that they don't always get at home, not their fault, but they're just, you know, the parents just don't have that opportunity to teach them these things. Um, So I'd like to see this education system really um, change in that regard. But I know you didn't ask me that.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. I'm glad that we got to learn that about your background. And you were in the first virtual school. That's amazing. I remember just first hearing about it when I was getting out of college because I graduated in 2004 and I thought it was the most bizarre thing <laughs> like I was like <laughs> that's not school how do you go to school on your computer like that's right. so boring how are you gonna make right. friends like I was in that moment, um, yes that can't be school exactly. and now I look at you know and my next part is like getting into the pandemic now it's just like it's everywhere and the whole non-traditional type of schooling method is taking off and people are really thinking about experimenting with um, how we look at school, which we'll kind of talk about. And I the think
2: end. that it's going to continue to evolve. Like, yes, it happened because of the pandemic, but also the violence in schools and mm-hmm. what schools are allowed and not allowed to teach and how people have views about those. I think that that's going to be instrumental in creating more opportunities
0: for non-traditional education. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, for the pandemic, do you see, and either an answer next, um, how do you see coming out of the pandemic in this time as a place where we look at education, maybe look at the holes in education, but also look at the innovation and the ideas and what can kind of like propel us forward. And then we can use that to kind of get into more of our, like brainstorming of ideas of what we want to see in school.
1: Um, so what I, what I noticed, um, with myself as far as like the the holes and that kind of that kind of thing, I started to bridge the technology more into my everyday teaching. So if we ended up going back to virtual, that it would be more seamless for my students. And so um I created what I called slide decks. And so I could go through the morning routine so I could assign those slide decks and the children would know how to do to do those if they were assigned to them um i also did some individualized lesson plans but those were on the computer so i would take a look at their standards and then we would assign um things off the computer that would hit those those holes and we would reassess them and then when we would reassess them if they've mastered it then we would take it off of their slides that they would that they would have to do so we labeled it language arts and then science and social studies and math so in the children i i think it was really good for them too because it held them accountable and they knew what they what they needed to to work on plus they also knew how much they had mastered so it was showing them that you know they were they were still learning so i did not notice in my classroom the backslide from covid because of what we were doing so we were doing whole group and then I would, we'd be recording ourselves live and then children would participate. We also did a temperature check. You know, how are you feeling for the day? And then we broke up into small groups and we assessed them, you know, virtually, but we were able to assess them and we put them into the small groups and those small groups were very flexible. And then we also had a time where we could have, um, somebody that would be able to answer questions. Like if we weren't busy, we would be able to answer questions or my aide could answer a question or hop on and then do the individualized learning too. So um, that's just some of what what we did.
0: Yeah, and it was like more about a hybrid system, right? So you're yes. like, we have a whole group kind of lesson, but now I that's what I liked about it too. And I think this is how we're viewing education now is that, it really needs to be individualized. Right. And just like what Cindy was talking about with like certain families and students and how they choose school and the type of programming that not Mm -hmm. one size fits all. It's not the factory model doesn't work. And I think with the pandemic, the great thing that came out of it is we started to individualize more so because we had to, because everyone had different needs and, you know, needed to learn in different ways. So I do mm-hmm. think that that's a great like takeaway from that time. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to share, Cindy, about even just like how you see the time of the pandemic opening up our eyes and like what we can mm-hmm. kind of take away or maybe how you saw yeah. even more so the online schooling?
2: I have always said, um, you know before other people did that I always saw the positives that came from the pandemic of course because that's how I view life is through positive lens Um, but I do think that it showed people that a we are more alike than we're different that we all are facing the same things we were all in it together too which was also interesting that it didn't not touch one person, one industry. Touched everybody in some way, um, and it was more of a commonality among people. And I just see it as a positive thing. Is we learned how to adapt. We learned that we we can adapt, and we but we do need contact. That we do need human connection, and I think that's important with the age of robots coming and and ai and all that because yes that can be useful in some circumstances and can be inspiration in some of the things that you might want to write or do but at the end of the day connection human connection relationships smiling kindness heartfelt feelings cannot be done Mm. in any other way but
0: through human connection yeah I agree one hundred percent um, and I can go into a whole whole thing about a i and how we should use that, but yeah, and I think even talking about connection, even what how we're doing this on zoom, so like great it's great to be able to do that in person, but you know you were in online spaces and we're seeing more online schools, but creating spaces where people can still see each other and connect and share emotions and be vulnerable and be able to be open and all of that, and so This kind of leads into like the part that we're really going to get into like the thick of our conversation is bringing joy to education. So Cindy created more joy based off her book, More Joy, and she created a community and it's growing and it's inspiring lots of people. There's many people in her community that come from the education background as well, either are still in it or were in it. And I think this is something that we have seen missing in schools and missing in education and what people are yearning for. So uh, either Christine or Cindy, Cindy, any ideas you want to share about how we're bringing more joy to the classroom, to schools, to kids, to communities, anything in general? And we'll just kind of have a conversation. In general, like
2: I'm not in the classroom anymore, so I'm going to let Christine talk on that but I will talk about teachers and how they need more joy more than anybody. So it all stems from, okay, so they have the upper management, you know, the, okay, and then they have the parents and the kids. They're really kind of on an island on the, by themselves, really, because they have so much on their shoulders waiting from above and below, and not a whole lot of support. And everyone above is also stressed out and needing more joy and the bottom tier also that they're teaching and the parents they are suffering from lack of joy and it that falls a lot on the teacher so i really feel it's most important for us to fuel all of our teachers in the school show them they're so needed they're so important they're so appreciated they are so the future of tomorrow um, and so many people rely on these kids to be future leaders. Like the job is so big and important and you shape who they are as a person today, tomorrow, as an adult. I mean, I still remember from being a you know youngster like my teachers and their impact that doesn't go away. I mean, it's a huge job. And I think that more joy has to start with the teachers and us really elevating them. So they can be full. So their cup is overflowing. So then they can give it down to the students and the, um, parents who need
0: it and staff. That's my two cents. Thank you (laughs) so much. Yes. We have to fill the teacher's cup. So it's overflowing. You know, we say this about everyone. We say this about people, like Fill your cup, have it overflowing so that you can give love to others. You know, put on your oxygen mask before you put it on others. And I was just writing about this in my book that I'm like, we lost all the oxygen masks. Where are they? We can't even find them, right? Because we don't have any support. So yes, you have to, I think, prioritize how we are giving joy to the teachers. We're taking care of them. We're giving them space. They need space and time. So yeah, so that care can self-care and it can't just be, you know, here's a coupon to, you know, whatever, a massage or something. I mean, that would be great. I would we get that. Yeah. Or like, no, here's, you know, a yoga class, right? But it's like, how are we really prioritizing their, their space and their time that they can heal and they can give to themselves? That's why summer breaks are really important. Absolutely. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, they still poo-poo that. And they're like, oh, these teachers have all this time off. I'm like, oh Yeah. yeah you need it to restore yeah. because that <laughs> yes. nine months is a bullet train and you're on it and it goes and it doesn't stop and you're pouring your heart and soul into these kids. So, but we do need to make more, I think more time for those types of breaks through the school year as well. But thank you for bringing up the support for the teachers, so important. Yeah. I think yes, that's a
1: very important too. Yeah. So I, I'm going to add to that. So we know that we need more support in, in the schools, we need to bring more joy for the teachers and let them let their let them have their hair down and just to connect with other people in the staff and get to know one another because we're so busy. Like Jackie said, and like Cindy said, we're we're busy with with the other ch- with the children and our everyday. And um, we need help from the community to support us too. Um, one thing that I've that I found actually a couple of things that I found that is helpful is having gratitude. I know from talking with both of you, both of you are huge into, into gratitude and also um, having a growth mindset and fixing it regularly. Because if we are not taking care of ourselves and putting our oxygen mask on first, then we cannot have a joyful classroom. So how I like to infuse joy into my classroom is we do tears when children are mastering things. And so we'll get up and we'll clap and we'll celebrate. Sometimes I bring out the my little cheerleading pom-poms and we'll, we'll celebrate. Um, if children are getting close to their goals, we all celebrate. So it's it's a celebratory time. And it should be for education, bringing hands on activities. So, I, we're learning about dinosaurs. I have a dinosaur dig and it's just like an archaeology dig. And the children will go in with their tools and they, they know how to use it because they, you know, I teach them how to use it. So, we watch videos and we practice it. And so, they're, they're, they're hands on activities. So, that's what I, that's what I like to do. So, I try to clear my plate off and get all of like that business side done so I can infuse the fun times with the with the students. I love that. And I love the idea
0: of celebrations. We should celebrate each other, celebrate the kids yes. and celebrate our teachers and everyone part of the school. Every single person we should be thanking and giving gratitude and saying, you are an important part of this community all the way down to our custodian and our cafeteria workers. And we have this lovely lady at my school who works at the the front desk to welcome in, you know, families and visitors and her name's Val and she's so sweet and she is joy. She is, she needs to be in this more joy community. <laughs> and it's just like, everyone has a part and everyone should be celebrated. And if everyone feels important and feels that they're celebrated by their community, they're going to want to be there. They're going to want right. to stay there. And that's like not that hard to do. It's like, again, what Cindy promotes with her more joy community is celebrating other people. So I love that you do that, Christine, with your students and they're celebrating each other. And it's Mm -hmm. not just the teacher saying good job on a paper, on an assignment, gold sticker, A, whatever, but it's the whole class celebrating each other and their wins. That's such a big part of it.
1: So you know what happens when you do that? You get collaboration among students. Oh, I'll help you out. You only have this many to go. Can I go and help out, so and so? Well, sure you can, as long as you get your work done, because obviously that's a priority. But also building a a community of being able to work together, because we know in the workplace this is the ultimate goal is for to teach. Mm-hmm. Children, how to be able to function in society and how to function within their their workplace and how to get along with others, how to do conflict resolution, so to me, you know when another student says, "Can I help out we're we're building great things for our future for our students, yeah.
0: yeah, that they can lean on each other, yeah, you know because I think that's a valuable um lesson to teach to our students and to just being really great humans because you know you're going to lean on someone at some point in your life many many times and as an adult and even if you're an adult that looks like a, you have it all together you don't <laughs> like I, I always tell my <laughs> students that I'm like I might look like I have it all together sometimes because that's part of like being a professional and we have to do that but guess what I don't <laughs> and I don't have all the answers and right. I do need help sometimes And you're all going to need to help each other. Like you just need to be able to have that vulnerability to say, I need help or like to say, Hey, it looks like you need someone or you need a shoulder. And Mm -hmm. I love that too, because they say this term soft skills in schools, and I guess it's still considered soft skills in like the workplace and stuff, but there's nothing soft about it. Maybe because it's like coming Uh from a place of compassion. But being like a really caring human is an important skill, and it is something that I think we have internally. But it's like learning how to actually do it and to recognize it, and then being able to work with other other people. So that's really important. Um, any other th- sharings or ideas about what we would lo- love to see in education in our schools, or how we can, you know, any other new ideas of how we can infuse joy and sense of community?
1: So I think there's always ways to, to infuse that. I mean, t- today I just had a, a meeting we were talking about greeting our, our children and how do we greet children? Even like when you think about like bringing them into the building or do they feel welcome? Do they feel loved? Do they feel like they're taken care of? Is there Are there people there that when they're walking in that they can say hello to, um, and they might not identify with me standing at the door, but they could, you know, with another with another person or walking through the cafeteria doing check ins and those kinds of things. I think when children feel loved and cared for, um, they there's joy. And so I I think that's another you know another that's way to lose so that. I love that
2: from the moment they arrive, you know off the bus or out of a car that they're greeted mm-hmm. with we're so happy to have you here feel wanted feel seen significant celebrated um that makes a huge difference in someone's mental attitude
0: mm-hmm.
2: versus you get there and the teacher's head's down and she's on her cell phone but not paying attention to the kid that's
1: a totally different way to greet someone well mm-hmm. and i think what you're talking about is being present Mm -hmm. Being mentally present because as a teacher, I'm going to tell you that's, it's tricky because when the children are coming off of the school bus is a time where you're trying to get your thoughts together. I've got this to do. I I've got to make sure that these are all in line. So being, being present in the moment is, is crucial, um, to making sure that, that children feel, feel that. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, behind the
0: scenes. So to talk a little bit about like what goes on behind the scenes for a teacher. And if you (laughs) want a teacher to be really present and to be on Mm -hmm. and be focused on each of your 20 or could be 20 plus kids, some schools have 30 kids in a class, right? So all of these students that you need to be present for, that means you have to have time to really plan, right? So you need to make sure your plan doesn't mean that Your plan has to be, you know, you hit it perfectly and like, you know, you don't go off of it. But you need to have a pretty sound idea of what you're going to be doing to prepare for that day. Like how you're going to have, you know, an intro to a lesson. What are your activities? What are the supplies you need? What are all of those other components? You know, how are you building classroom community and like getting the kids working together? All of those things that look like magic. When you see a teacher who's been, doing this and really is putting a thoughtful plan together it looks like magic it looks like flow it just looks effortless and you can almost look at that adult that teacher as like wow how do you do that it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning and so what our administrators and the whole school system needs to be doing is giving teachers time we really need time The, the greatest gift to a teacher is building in more time for them to plan. And when we are crunched with like meetings and all this grading and everything else, then we don't have the time and then we feel rushed. And then it could be very easy for the teacher to look distracted, right? I'm, I'm trying to get my stuff together, but I should be welcoming these kids. And we wanna do that. We wanna be present. So I think giving that time to teachers to do things thoughtfully, to collaborate with other teachers to be able to do all of those great ideas that they have, but actually like do it and not just work in the summertime. So there is a lot of teachers who do work through the summer on curriculum and on their plans. Christine, you shared with me, I was setting up all the all the things for the beginning of the school year at the end of the school year or like going in early to set up so that things are the way they need to be so I can be present. Because yes, I think it's absolutely important that each child feels welcomed into the school, into the classroom. They feel seen. They feel heard safe. and safe mm-hmm. right because a lot of kids who fall through the cracks or end up later on dropping out or mental health is not really good or you know really well, you don't know what happened at home that morning before they got out either bus. right and most of the they, time they, it's not that great it's not and they might not have adults that are very present in their own life and so school should be a place where they feel safe and they feel cared Rightful. for and they feel yes. seen. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think- And taken care 100%. of, because
2: honestly, there is so much going on in kids' home lives and the world that it might be the only time that they feel good about themselves is
1: when they're not at home, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. I would also add- that another way to make them feel seen and heard is by giving them choices Mm -hmm. because when when we are top down when the teachers are top down without giving choices then they're they feel deflated we don't or they're not able to teach the you know they're not able to learn self-advocacy and to be able to express what they need because not all children want to be like in groups I have children that are asking to sit away from the groups. so if you come into my classroom you might see children that are sitting off by themselves it doesn't mean I put them there right means that they chose that because that's where they learned best so um just being really aware of what what we think and would be right might not be right for that student
2: true Mm -hmm.
1: being so intuitive being a good teacher is you
2: are focusing, like you said, on each individual and you're giving one child what they need while the other one needs something totally different. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and that is definitely where I see there are skills and training to be a teacher, but I think that it's a gift. You have to have an intuitive sense about you to Mm -hmm. be able to read people. You have Mm -hmm. to be a really good people person and be able to read people and say, yeah that child doesn't want to work with a group they really need some downtime by themselves or that's how they process information Mm -hmm. they might not tell you right they won't they usually don't they don't even know they can't even
1: explain it you see it through the behavior usually is what you'll see it through but if you address the behavior you don't address what the the crux of it is and then you damage relationships too when yeah. we just assume that they're cranky or they're just having a bad day or whatever, but it could be just as too loud and they need to have, you know, time away. Right. Yeah. But like my children, a lot of planning too, right? Yeah. To Plan different scenarios for yeah. different, different learning styles. And my children, I've noticed like over the years that they're starting to get more sensitive with the sound. I'm not really sure why, mm-hmm. but they are. And so my children, to help with self advocacy, they will. They're taught to put their hands over their ears. If they put their hands over their ears. It is the responsibility of our whole community to pull together and lower our voices. Mm. So that way they know that we need to take care of each other. If a child has a headache, I'll say someone in our class has a headache and they know that we need to lower our voice. I'm going to start cutting off the lights and I'll turn on the other task lights. So it's just being considerate of other people.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And not seeing anyone as other, right? Like, well, why is that other student so sensitive or why are they getting a headache? You know, like I had a um, a student in my one class last year who had uh, really terrible migraines. And she would tell me, she's like, If I ask you to turn the lights off, like if I feel it coming on, is that going to be okay? And I'm like, please, please self-advocate and do that. And I honestly like having my lights off and having more like lamps and like low Mm -hmm. lighting in the classroom because I think it's just better. I think the classroom environment is very stimulating. It could be overstimulating. Those bright, bright fluorescent lights lots of like, you know, movement and things going on. And then now we got smart boards and then we got this and we got that. And you got like, you could have 30 kids
1: in a room and they're all doing yeah.
0: something different. It's very yeah. stimulating.
1: Yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause I have parents will like, say, well, they don't do that at home. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> think we would do that at home because if you do just what you just said, it's very stimulating. So I went to a farmhouse, um, kind of environment because first of all it's easy to stack and I can it's easy to put take away plus it's white they're white tubs and with just chalkboard so it's not visually stimulating so everything looks seamless on the shelves and it doesn't call attention to the you know to the children's eyes because we have to be cognizant that we have a lot of different types of learning styles and Um, you know, some children are on the autism spectrum. We have children with ADHD, emotionally handicapped students. Plus we have children that, um, have auditory processing, um, thing issues. And then plus there's just a lot to consider. And then plus the background noise of just our heating and air. So Mm -hmm. really take a look and stand in my classroom so I can hear everything, and go through every little thing, but it's going to look like, sound like, feel like to to all the students to make sure that I'm inclusive before the school year ever starts. Do well, they teach you that right now? Yeah. Is that something that you guys That's do? amazing, yeah. You know, but, but that's what I'm going to be teaching. Well, <laughs> that's good. what I like to do. It is Is to teach how, how to needed. do that. Because yeah, I used I to feel like I was a good teacher when my room was visually stimulating so I had purple yellow blue red oh my goodness it looked like a circus and stuff hanging down off of the ceiling ceiling. I I grew up with what about (laughs)
2: those good letter people remember the old fat you remember I those I, I bet those. you don't remember Jackie because you're younger than us those letter <laughs> people were my
0: favorite yeah no I remember letter people yeah no I did
2: <laughs> you know? yeah just so remember those.
0: I went to school in the 80s like I was in elementary school in the 80s but the schools yeah. did not change since like a long time <laughs> they Which were changing. problem <laughs> yeah, right they were changing them but that's a really important part um is classroom design I actually on this season I'm going to have someone on that talks about um, he was a teacher but now works for a classroom design company and they look at the like psychology of the setting of the classroom amazing. and how to make it more kind of chill more flow more comfortable where you're giving students choice to sit how do they want to sit do mm-hmm. they want to stand do they want to sit like a beanbag do they want to sit in a yep. group do they want to sit by themselves and you have to think like We as adults need that. Like we don't do one thing. Can you imagine today sitting at a desk for eight hours and all you do is just move to another classroom, but in elementary you're in the same class. And for the most part, you're kind of in the same spot. No,
1: All it doesn't day. happen. It would in my drive room. me insane <laughs> that doesn't happen in my room. My children, I have yeah. um, little desk areas. I have little scoop. They love the scoop seat. Sometimes they'll do flexible seating where they put the scoop seat and then the desk together. And then I have like little um, flexible seating chairs. So some of them are higher, and That's there's awesome. a couple other ways that they can sit yeah. too. So it's whatever makes them feel comfortable.
0: Yeah. Are you teaching this at your school? Or are you thinking about doing this as like a PD for like schools to look at how so, you look at the classroom setting? So
1: what I'm doing is I'm creating a book right now, creating harmony in a classroom. So it's talking about like the mindset and then also how to set up your classroom. So I give tips and tricks on that because it took me four hours to set up, set up my classroom. I have <laughs> one more bulletin board to do. I have all of my anchor charts up. I have it all ready to go except for my schedule because I haven't been given that yet. That's not up, but in either is my small groups because I don't know who my children are yet. But and then I build the classroom with my children, so we talk about being sensory overload. Okay. I have my anchor charts that I need, but I will build it with my class as as it goes, because so they're part of it. They're part of. The they're design. part of it. Yeah, they are. They're part of it. Plus, it helps with the overstimulation. So mm. less is more. Yes. Always. I love that. It's I one love of the that the kids are part say. of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now
0: I want to like be in your classroom. <laughs> I'm just like in a high school where all the all the rooms are pretty much the same. I mean, I have a pretty like big room, so I have a lot of ability to use the space, but we're not allowed to have like couches or anything or other kinds of chairs. Like I have to have the desk that I have. Mm-hmm. But I do keep it as like a you because I like to do a lot of discussion and I like kids facing each other and then they are easy to move into groups and whatnot. But I love the idea of having different types of spaces and how kids can choose how they want to use it. And so um, I'll have to experiment a little bit with that, but yeah, I want to do less I... is more too. I have a little too much on my walls at the time. I mean, that's, I use it. It's like yeah. informational, but it's a lot.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, so there's times where they need to still be part of the group. But, and I used to be a big person that would say crisscross applesauce, but how realistic is that? So it is not, I can't, I can't sit crisscross applesauce. I'm sitting in that right now. But but I have to move. (laughs) So I probably move. I probably moved a lot already. I just don't sit in one spot. So how can we expect our children to sit in one spot? So they're able to move side sit, what, whatever. Um, and if I mess up and say, crisscross apple says, they know that. I mean, just, you just need to sit on the carpet and however you're comfortable yeah. because I think it is about making them feel comfortable yeah. as long as they're still able to learn and attend.
0: Can you share with us? because um... And then when Cindy comes back, she could share more about her more joy book and community. Cause I want to also highlight both of you as your individual, you know, entrepreneurs in your own way and what you're building for yourself. And you really are, this is why we connect it. You are all about like, you know, revolutionizing education and why you're writing your book and you're about to start a podcast. So do you want to share more about what you've been working on?
1: Um, So I have um, the balancing act is coming out. Um, And so that's a journal. For teachers. And then I have the creating harmony in a classroom is going to be coming out and I have a new program. So I don't want to tell too much about it, but it it is called social and emotional reframing. Mm -hmm. So that's coming out as well. And then I have a collaborative with another person about bringing parents in and we looked up, we're like, what area hasn't been really tapped? So I'm like, well, oh, mm-hmm. let's look up a, the other person and I were like, let's look up a Venn diagram for parents and teachers. There was nothing for parents and teachers. So we created a Venn diagram for that. And we've been working on the framework um, social, emotional intelligence and how parents can help at home to support their their needs. So there's more home and school and when to take it to the specialist. And so it's like um like a baby book that you'd have when you were a baby, but this is for school. So it could be used K through, you know, preschool through 12 and then you'd have everything right in your hands.
0: So like a tool for how you're able to like work together. Yes. Cause we yes. need to see parents and teachers as a team, as a collaborative team, that we can have a good relationship. It's not butting heads because ultimately you are a team working for the child. And so I love this Venn guide. diagram idea. It's a
1: guide. And then we're going, we're coming up with um our class. So we're gonna do a parent class and um so that's, that's exciting. So that'll that's be awesome. at the back of the book. And then parents can use a QR code and then, and then sign up for that so they can get the colored copies so they can make more copies of the interior book since it's just going to be in black and white. So Very that's, cool. that's worth coming. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yes, You have a lot coming out this year. Yeah. Wow.
0: That is awesome. awesome. Christine. Thank you. Yes, Cindy, tell us more about More Joy. I'm just more using joy. this time to more highlight joy. both of you and the work you're doing. More Joy,
2: um let's see. I have a new planner journal that I am honestly so freaking excited about. Um like today I write my to-do list on like a piece of paper and I cannot wait for this journal because since I was the one that laid it out and made all it's exactly what I need for the day what brings me more joy which will help other people so it has you know a thing for list three gratitude um, an affirmation um, what you're praying for um, a couple different like spots and then it has a to-do box but it says um, I get to instead of I have to you know it's not a to do it's I get to which changes your whole mindset is it's actually a blessing that you get to go take your car in for service it's actually a blessing that you get get to go to the grocery store and spend money that you have a job that you can afford groceries right so it's just a mindset shift when you start and you can use this to even like with kids too i was you know talking with someone else and she's like oh that'd be so good to, at the end of the day to go through it with my child and mm-hmm. because oh one part is what am I most proud of so at the end of the day you come back to that page and would be like what I'm most proud of is I paid for someone's meal today or I did not have road rage or whatever it might be um so it's just so and it's in color and it is just
0: gorgeous. And I'm just so excited about it. That's exciting. Yeah. I love the reframing. I love the reframing from to do to get to that is so, it sounds so simple, but you just did something where you just turned it completely on its head and we don't do that. I make to do lists all the time on post-it notes. And I look at all the things as like, Oh That's my gosh! Sure, no yes, yeah, <laughs> but like even like you said, like I could consider going to the doctor to go for my regular checkup, or even if I'm not feeling well, as a privilege I get it to. Is. I have this insurance. I have right. great medical care. Right. I don't feel good, or it's preventative. No right. To catch something, or let me know how I'm doing. And when you think about it that way, even as when you're waiting in the waiting room forever, you're like, I get to wait and spend time, maybe just being like calm for a minute before I have this appointment. Right.
2: Or I am, when I'm waiting in the waiting room, if it's taking excessively long, I'm thinking someone who is sicker than me is getting the attention
0: that they need. Mm-hmm. I right. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's yeah. It's, you reframe that, that whole day. Than... Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. So if you start center. in the
2: morning with you've already said three things you're great, grateful for, you said an affirmation like "I am going to be joyful today" or "I whatever" one resonates with you, like um, depends on what you're working on personally, um, and then you you know tie that into everything on what I I get to and change your mindset, your perspective. You'll have a great day.
0: Yeah, more mm-hmm. joy. And it's in a journal, so it's carried with you and it's something tactile instead of like, I do my mantras and like affirmations out loud in the morning, but then it's mm-hmm. like, it's with me. And then as soon as I get to work, it can go right out the window instead of like actually having something and you're tracking it.
2: And you guys so you know as it. teachers, we love to write things down Yes, and writing down instills it more into your whole uh, you, the learning process. It actually resonates faster and more right I don't remember the whole research on it but I know that writing mm-hmm. is huge in memory and changing your mindset
0: yeah mm-hmm. are you going to put this with your book like if people like are new I a, to you and they're like, like during oh. like Christmas season I want to bundle it mm-hmm. so it's like they can come
2: together if you want it to yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. I haven't gotten there yet <laughs>
0: Oh, there's such great plans. I love this. Very exciting. And then I've already
2: started in another book, but that's for another time.
0: You have? Wonderful. Oh my gosh, you're on
2: fire. You're just just like, yes. You know, that's what happens though. Once you take a step and another step and another step, the momentum just keeps going. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. If you're just a
2: magnet, you're just sitting there like, there's no energy to move it forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep it going. You got to keep moving one day at a time. Um, Any final words or anything you want to share, Christine, Cindy, or anything about where our listeners can find you, your, any website information, obviously we're on LinkedIn
1: before we go. So I'm on LinkedIn mostly. And then I have, I've just started on Facebook, but it's be uniquely you, and it's supposed to be for be the change that you want to see. So I started that as my my business. So awesome. I'm on mostly on LinkedIn, That's and awesome. then starting to dab into YouTube. So that'll be forthcoming because I'm taking a class. We just talked about keeping up on professional development and that kind of thing. So I'm taking a, a class right now with Dr. Constance Leland and working on all of the social motion, social. Social media, um, <laughs> so used to say social emotional social media and tying it all together, so I'll probably be branching out
2: that's awesome, That's awesome the best is yet to come yes, yes. Um, I love that I'm basically only connected to people that are change makers yeah just, you are It <laughs> just occurred to me as Christine was talking <laughs> when she said her website it's like. I that's what's so inspiring when you when you surround yourself with like minded people that propels you forward, right? It because does. you see other people too doing stuff, and you're like you're excited for them. You're like, oh, what can I do next? Like Behave, I'm, yeah. keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and website www.cindycone.com That's c i n d i c o h n. And YouTube, I think it's the Queen of More Joy on there. It's either Queen of More Joy or the. I need to find
0: out. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll find it, and I'm going to put all the correct information in the show notes, so it'll be be there. Everyone will find you if they don't know you both already. And I want to just share this uh, really quick. So I posted on LinkedIn and in the More Joy community about my spider web. I was so hoping this, you could talk about that. Yeah, the spider web that is growing um, off of my patio in the backyard. And it's, it's actually, I checked it out this morning. It's growing even more so. There's like another like division that's growing. And I did finally see the spider that was like right in the middle. And there's like this line of whatever bugs the spider is catching in there. So when I gave that analogy about our spider web and how it's growing and how we're all in it together and how the spider web was not destroyed after a huge storm, like a huge storm. Um, I don't think it was as big as the one that came through your area, Cindy, but we had like trees and stuff down yeah. and the spider web was perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I'm like, what? That's the first thing I checked when I went out the morning They're strong. after the storm.
1: There's
0: <laughs> So I was talking to um one of our friends in the More Joy community, I think it was with Michelle or Lydia, and saying how I feel like Cindy is the spider and you <laughs> created
1: this I didn't web. Hear that. And this
2: web keeps growing. That's keeps funny because I it's strong. It's a strong web.
1: <laughs> it's a strong web. A strong
2: They're web. mostly poisonous, <laughs> <laughs> but that analogy worked for. Worked but so that long. is. Yeah. But I will yeah. say I'm a connector of people. You are. Mm-hmm. so much like it's like ingrained in me that's just I love connecting people
0: yeah um, yeah so
2: I'll take the spider analogy <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and I, mean, yeah, I like
2: that actually
0: I like and I like this uh I because I've seen it too and I'm sure Christine you probably have too like the more and more people coming into your web into your life are change makers yeah right like we're attracting them because we are yes we are
2: attracting them yeah, that's right. That is such a great point. Your vibe attracts your tribe, oh,
1: and there vibe it, attracts your, tribe. Attracts your yeah. tribe. I love that. Yes,
0: that's great. That has to be like it's saying somewhere on a stage. <laughs> it is. Something. It's not a Cindy's <laughs> saying. <laughs> it's not a Cindy's like saying. That. Like no, that's too bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is for now.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but you brought
2: up such a good point about that. Right. That's why there's no one surrounding us that is negative and everything. Right. None of us are in that yeah. realm.
1: Because we are Delighted. focused on change, yeah. positive change. And so when you focus in on something that's higher than yourself and negative. whether it's religion or community or making a bigger difference. So global thinking, that's mm-hmm. when I had noticed that my joy increased. hmm And the same way within my classroom, you start hitting that tattling. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, my community is breaking down. I got to work on the community. So, and we work on the community. Plus,
2: we're all giving off so much light. It's it's taking the darkness away.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. When the community is more important than your own individual self. Absolutely. That's how you change the world. world. 100% 100% 100% 100% I,
1: Yay,
0: I love it we'll end on that note <laughs> yeah that's you. a high note to leave on yes you two are beautiful I'm so you are excited oh, too. oh that's like my favorite seltzer by the way I love ice seltzer <laughs> <laughs> get it all the time when I go to like CVS <laughs> so funny thank you so much for being thank I'm you, you for you having so us hard. this was a, yeah, was a great so episode I think a great episode I'm cool. so excited thank you so and glad we did this. Will be airing right around the beginning of the school year, like Perfect. at least like in our area, September. So this is a great feel good to start. It sure is. People are wow. going to love it. Give all the love to all our teachers, all our and students. more joy
2: for
1: them yeah, to
0: get more through the joy. school year. It'll One be a joyful time. place.
1: Thank and you. Administrators will listen to it because we gave them great advice. More planning yes. instead of forty-five minute plan. That's all I have. Forty-five minutes know more planning more time and more joy we more joy
0: (laughs) we should have our joy to give more joy to our kids because that's what we want everybody wants to see the kids that's why you're there Mm -hmm. yeah that's why you're there is for the kids well thank Thank you you. this This is so much much. fun and we'll see you there in the more joy community and all of our Mm -hmm. online communities okay bye. bye bye thank you
1: lots of fun
0: Thank you for listening to The teacher Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.